Hey, what's up, everybody? Today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Welcome to Big Screens and TV Streams Live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. I'm Dale, along with Victor. Welcome. How's it going, guys? It's Super Bowl week, and it was so awesome. Yes, yes, we got we then. People may be wondering, why are we kicking off with sports? That's because it's very movie and cinema adjacent related here, yes. as we will soon find out. Oh. And just joining us from the production booth is Paul. You. Got a lot. So yeah, kind of like I just alluded to, there was a ton of movie trailers and other TV series that debuted commercials and previews mm-hmm. during the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, we are live right now. So if everyone watching live got a comment on your favorite preview or, or, or commercial, just in general from the Super Bowl, we may even hit on some of that since it's kind of like a big pop culture zeitgeist. Uh, yeah, we will make sure to cover it all. Um, we have a website. I think I've been meaning to mention this the last few weeks. I keep forgetting. If you just want to go to GFBS and find uh, listings for just all the episodes of big screens and TV streams, we got the last like oh, 10-ish or so episodes up. And here's the website. It's bigscreensandtvstreams.podbean.com. Go there to stream and download audio versions of the show or to find links to subscribe to us on many podcast apps. Or you can just search Big Screens and TV Streams on your favorite podcast app for easy, instant access to just this show. All right. Uh, I guess before we get to the nice little uh, trailer run, we're just going to give a shout-out to our first sponsor of the day, our friends at Southtown Poorhouse where every day is a great day. Stop in for your favorite drinks and, of course, happy hour where it's buy one app, get one half off every day from 6 to 8. Can't forget about their $3 burgers on Tuesdays and their awesome steak specials on Thursday from 5 to 8. Make sure to check out their website, southtownpoorhousegf.com, for the latest band listings. This weekend is Taylor Hammond and Two Weeks Notice. I know I got my eye on their calendar. There's one band coming up here in a week or two I really want to check out. So every day is a great day at the Southtown Poorhouse. They're located at 2015 Library Circle next to the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. They're looking to hire as well, too. All right, so Super Bowl movie previews, commercials, just or just commercials in general. I, I found a list for all the movie trailers that debuted during the Super Bowl. It's kind of funny. We we're talking before the show. Some of us saw, maybe saw some that the others didn't, depending on your broadcast or region, maybe, or service or streaming app you saw it on. Um, so I'm just going to go down the list. And if you saw it, I just went, I saw a website that had all the trailers on there. So I just watched them all on there because I don't re- remember seeing each and every one. So it was nice to see, to see a refresher too. But uh, uh, the big one to kick it off on the list is The Flash. Yes, so, I, I saw that one. And I already had it on YouTube, but it, it already was like, yeah, I was going to watch that. The, the one thing that, um, so I mean, it was it was cool because, you know, you get to see Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I was excited that's, about. That's what everybody's excited about, except... There's only one thing I, I see a problem with this is that it's going to be another multiverse movie, you know, which, okay, I'm getting kind of like, let's come up with a new idea already. Well, they and I don't do think that. Michael Keaton's going to be in the movie mm. that much. Mm. I, I, I think he's probably going to have maybe 30 minutes in it. They well, might they might just have him just because they had already... They had already planned to have him in there, and they had said, yeah, we're going to have him in there. We're going to have him in there for the entire movie. It's not just going to be like Ezra Miller, and then it's just going to cut to him all the day. Like, no. It's going to be Michael Keaton, and the fact that I saw – because I knew by the just seeing it a little bit in the cowl, I was like, yeah, that was going to be Michael Keaton. And also, they had – now I didn't understand why they had it like Superman's daughter instead of his son or just him in there because this was based on the Flashpoint 
uh, Paradox comic book of the same name. Um, unfortunately, they have their own twist on it, so don't get mad at them. It's just they don't know. So, and this is, but I think we mentioned it in the previous couple of weeks too. This is like supposed to be the reboot uh, to set up the new DC universe of yes. films headed up by uh, James Gunn, yes. kind of, or is the overlord of them all, kind of. Yeah. So, like we said before in the la- uh, the other podcast, uh, Aquaman and Shazam: Fury of the Gods, they're still going to be tied in. So, don't worry, they're still going to be tied in, and nothing's going to change. Uh, maybe a little bit will change, but not so much. But this is the turning point of change. All right. Right, so yeah. Regardless, say that trailer has me stoked. Yeah, so I'm ready. To go. Behind the scenes controversies and all that, I'm just putting it aside. Whenever I go to the movies, I'm just I'm just tuned into the movie. I put all the drama behind the scenes behind me whenever I go into the movie. So same. same. I'm just ready for Michael Keaton. Yes, yeah. it's Batman. <laughs> all right. Next up, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for the soundtrack to come out because they've got two great soundtracks. Oh, yeah. That's, that's going to be fantastic. I was actually having this conversation with Dale because you would be the one that would probably know this. But is Adam Warlock more powerful than Thanos? Yes. In in a way, like he, he is just as powerful as Thanos, if not more powerful than Thanos, because he had spent his whole life when they created him. He was in one of the Infinity Stones, and that made him even more powerful. And so when he took on Thanos in the comic books, he just sucker punched the shit out of him. And it was so cool. And I was and you could just see like Thanos was like, What just happened? And he even was like all right, what? I'm born to lose. When did that go down in the comics? It was in one of the Infinity uh, sagas that he because he once, got lit Armageddon. Is that was that one? Not Armageddon, no. but no. When he when he came out because they had created him to be the perfect being, and they wanted him to act, like be this this being of power and nothing but it. And once he became that, he literally like say take on Thanos. But, but see, I thought I thought Ultron was supposed to be that. Ultron was supposed to be that in the movies, but in, in the comic books, I mean, he had his his time where he or I, I not uh, well not well Ultron, but what uh, what did he turn into? Um, oh, Vision, v- Vision, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he was supposed to be. Oh, so the Vision was supposed to be that vision of you know the destruction of the avengers but then when he learned of his humanity and he was like i want to help humans instead of kill them i would join the avengers and then take on ultron as a result of defying him in the end so so vision is more of like a a robot where adam warlock is more biological yeah so he's absolutely automaton he's an absolute robot and he's a cool robot too i know it's been many years in the making because of the james gunn coming and going from marvel so Long time coming, but after seeing that trailer and just, you know, like you said, the soundtrack hits all the right notes. I'm equally as stoked for the soundtrack as I am for the movie. Can't come soon enough. And it's going to be the saddest, if not the saddest Marvel movie ever. So I'm really, I'm going to be like, man, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, kind of scared. And, and also in the preview, I, I, I tried to catch it, but um, so it looked like it was the guy that created um, Rocket. But yeah. was that Samuel L. Jackson? No. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the preview does show we. It alludes to that we do see Rocket's origin story. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought that the the actor was Samuel L. Jackson for some reason. Yeah, no, he, okay. he won't be in there. He'll be in the other movies. Well, that way, I guess it wouldn't make any sense because he's yeah, Fury. Nick Fury. He's, right, yeah, he's Nick Fury. So yeah, it, it just kind of looked like him, I guess. Yeah. It, you you never know. He's popped up in a lot of movies, and he's doing the um, of course the invasion series that they had done on Disney Plus. So he'll probably go back and forth with movies and TV. So you never know. All right, next up I have here Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I was talking to Paul in the studio a little uh, yesterday, I believe, how 
you know, it looks like a pretty cookie cutter fantasy action. I'm a, I'm a bit of a I, I like it as a guilty pleasure the earlier Dungeons and Dragon live action movies. The second ones was direct to video, real cheesy, really campy. But I still like that in a weird kind of just guilty pleasure kind of way. The first one I thought was actually pretty good from like the late '90s, mm. early 2000s. I love that one with yeah. Marlon Wayans in them. Yeah, yeah, I love, and I love that one. That was fun. This one looks like kind of like yeah, cookie cutter fantasy action with the Dungeons and Dragons world. And Chris Pine, I'm a big fan of. So this preview's got me thinking, okay, this will be at least a good a, a good theater popcorn flick. Mm-hmm. I was excited when they wanted to do it again, and I was like, okay, well, now they have the technology and everything and to just go all ham on this. And the cool part was just the costumes in general. I love the owl bear that they used, because um, I know that they had talked about using the owl bear like they did in the games as they well uh, did in the movie, so I was like, let's go. Yes. You know, what's crazy, because when, when I think of Dungeons and Dragons, it brings me back to a movie that I was like a huge fan of when I was was growing up and i still think that even with the special effects we have now mm-hmm. it, it still takes the cake as far as like having the best dragon in any movie oh yeah you know what i'm talking what movie? dragon heart no no <laughs> I, I always love sean, Wait, sean connery's no because that, that, that looks dragon. so cg yeah, uh, it does. dragon oh. dragon slayer dragon slayer. From oh, the, yeah. it was from like the 80s mm-hmm. or like early 90s mm-hmm. i'm blanking on that one for the, some reason oh the movie wasn't that fantastic but they did such a good job with the dragon and mm. it was just crazy practical effects more than cg yeah yep. that that's what made it so cool was this they they did such a great job on that yeah with the, the between the wizard and the dragon i mean because yeah. that that's i mean hopefully they can you know meet the standard of what that movie was we may have 30 to re- 40 years ago right we may have to reach out to icky to have him cue that one up for a future weird cinema <laughs> well, yeah that would be a good idea well because they did it with willow like many years ago when they did that movie and then they brought it back for disney plus like like the practical effects in that show was just beautiful and they didn't miss a beat. So I was like, I hope they like Paul. I hope they do the same for this movie because, I mean, the dragon was cool. All right. Next up, we have Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm already ready. What was the vibe of everyone for the last uh, theatrical Transformers film? Was it, it was Bumblebee, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I thought that was a. Step up from the Mark Wahlberg ones, which are, eh. (laughs) but I uh, I don't, I don't blame him. I I blame, uh, you know, even I blame a little bit of Michael Bay because I love Michael Bay and he's such a great action director, but his Transformers movies suck. Like Mm -hmm. he just put so much into it. Like there's too many action. There's not enough story. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's too much slow-mo there. Like solar flares. And there and lens flare. That's what I'm thinking. And plus, it's not about the transformers. It's more about the humans and the transformers. And I wish they'd be more about transformers. Yes, the CG, the special effects. It kind of had that those original trilogy feel to them, but. that uh, doesn't lead me... I, I'm very, very cautious on that trailer because it just kind of reminded me of the same notes of the first one. I hope it doesn't go for like those Michael Bay cheap, crappy, corny storylines that just yeah. were plaguing his his dumb takes. potty humor yeah. and yeah. crap like that, which I, I'm, I'm, uh, he, he does a great job at previews and then you watch the movie and you're like, what yeah. the... Yeah. Man, really? Yeah. I mean, the it's, action looks good in there and yeah. special effects. Are, you could tell they're trying to hit those notes for sure, but... The, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve reserve judgment until the film hits. I think I I know this is gonna be a good film just because I know since they did Bumblebee they weren't gonna go back to the same mistakes they made with Michael Bay and I I have faith in them that they're going to go like from the original like the 80s. So this isn't a Michael Bay movie. No, he, oh, thank he God. has he has no. Did control. you catch who the director was? I, I did. I'm blanking on it. 
I think it was the same director who did Bumblebee. Who did but Bumblebee. If I'm, but I, I thought Bumblebee was pretty solid. Yeah, so they, that had nothing to do with him, and I was so glad because I was like, they're moving away from that nonsense and actually sticking to the Transformers franchise, which I love. Because there's going to be, a, like if you saw in the previews, there was a, the girl, a, a Transformer from the original cartoon, for, and I was like, no way, she's going to be in this? And then there's Beast Wars, and wow. you would think this would be in the future, they're, like in that one cartoon but no this is set in the they're 90s grabbing from what? all era oh yeah that's right yeah 94 i think right yeah. What, yeah. What, what blows my mind though is that you know so they're going to the beast wars thing now mm. so maybe uh, you know that's appealing to the the younger generations that were into that because i mean that was way past my time but i'm like why don't they just remake the animated movie into mm. a live action one and have unicron and you know the because that, that animated movie is like one of the best animated movies ever. True. You know, like, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I'm due for a rewatch on that one. Oh, I, yeah. It's, it's probably one of the best animated movies ever. I mean, the, the, the amount of time that people took to make those drawings and everything, but it, it's, it's a decent storyline. And yeah, I mean, bring I think, on Unicron and bring I, on the Planet Eater. I think they were afraid because even when they did Optimus Prime, they didn't have Peter Cullen, who was the greatest voice actor besides Keith David and many others before him, but he, they didn't pay him. So that's probably why he didn't come back for the other sequels. So you saw a little bit of his voice, maybe in Bumblebee, but they didn't pay him because they knew originally he's like, well, I'm going to come back obviously, right? Yes, but we're not going to pay you. We already know you're going to come back because this is your franchise and you already put a staple on it, but they didn't pay him for the rest of the time that he was there because he recorded his voice. And then later after that, he was kind of like, okay, I'm done with the booth. So like, can I get paid? And, and no. didn't Michael Bay make Unicron into a fire truck? He he didn't he <laughs> didn't even remember, make, yeah. I he didn't even it was have, voiced by Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, but he didn't have like I feel like they didn't I think they turned him into kind of like a fire truck. A yeah, he was bit. a fire truck. I Maybe mean, Unicron is like this planet eating. Yeah, like, he's a huge. He, like, they turned him into a fire truck. Like yeah. what? <laughs> Actually, do you, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I was kind of buzzing on them, like, oh, that's right, they did. Yeah, because they did the same thing with Devastator, where they took all you know, yeah, construction just... trucks and made him, like, crawl on all fours. I'm like, he stands up, and he's badass. And he's green. Yeah, and plus, <laughs> which which made, kind of made sense where they're like, okay, so, because Paul, I'm like, Paul, why don't you take what you did in the original cartoon and then take it and put it in the premise of this movie? Because with Unicron, I mean, it, it'd be easy to do it, but the voice acting, I'm sure you can you can find any voice actor to do it. This is this summer, right? Yeah. So I'm, that's why I'm kind of like, I, I'm because I know they're hinting at Unicron, and I know they'll put him in there. If they don't, I'm going to be like, We'll okay. find out in a few months. Next up, Paul, I know you're excited for this one, 65. Yeah, oh, I I, I just saw the the preview. Uh, what was it yesterday when you you cued me into the you know the Super Bowl commercials, and I thought it was looked really interesting mm. because it's kind of like looking like it's like the basis of like how humanity got on Earth. Yeah, future meets the past. Which yeah. I'm really happy. Six, about. Sixty-five for people who missed it. Sixty-five million years ago, when like futuristic humanity, uh, presumably space traveled to Earth. And crash landed, or not crash landed, but landed, and the dinosaurs were still around. So the trailer is just full of just action-packed uh, rivals and conflicts with the uh, with the dinosaurs. Yeah, so you know, future tech humans, you know, with their laser guns and everything, going against dinosaurs. Which and no chance. <laughs> and you know, and if, and if the reason I thought that it was an interesting uh, story premise is because 
So if these people came down here mm. and the dinosaurs wiped out all the adults and the only thing that were left were kids, mm. the kids would have no idea of the technology or anything. And that would be why we would all of a sudden just become completely primitive because it'd be, it, would, yeah. it would be kids just trying to survive with dinosaurs. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I, I always thought that they kind of went back to 2001 A Space Odyssey because immediately when they had you know, when that ape threw the bone in the air and you see it's that perfect cut where you just see the spaceship going and it's like, we're now in the future instead of the prehistoric times now. And that's what, like Paul, I was excited to see this because dinosaurs, man, it's dinosaurs. I mean, come on. Yeah, this is, this. it looked, that it looked potentially like it could be a big surprise blockbuster summer hit. And, and now also, like I said, to the, the main actor in it, uh, oh, he played, he played, yeah, he's he's been fantastic in everything that I've seen. I've mm. seen him in, so I'm looking really forward to this one. All yeah. right, next up, yes, this is yes, this is a real thing. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Harrison Ford in his 80s and still kicking it. I love it. I, I was I was ready for him to come back anyway because I mean he's 80 years old and he's never gonna stop. So I mean they they the trailer does show a lot of that trademark Indiana Jones whipping and all all this this washbuckling action the series is known for so yeah i'm i'm very very cautious again going into this one i think because was it spielberg did the first four right this one isn't spielberg right yeah he did all the first four and then yeah this one doesn't involve him but i know he wanted to kind of be a part of maybe it like a consultant or something but, yeah but spielberg I would... wasn't the skull one was he yeah no he was yeah he did direct yeah. that really? one yeah, yeah. Well, because he told, because originally uh, George Lucas, he had wrote these stories, and then he's like, well, I have no time to wreck it, Stephen. Would you like to? Sure. Because they wanted to do it anyway, so he's like, well, you... You know, I rewatched Crystal Skull a few years ago, and minus like the last like 10, 15 minutes and maybe like two other little two or three minute scenes, that's like 80% of it was a lot better than I remembered. Well, and that's what I thought because you see a lot of familiar faces from the original ones. And once, it, regardless of Shia LaBeouf, and I know everyone's going to say because they're going to lambast him, but yeah, he's actually good in the movie. Yeah. At the time, he was a very polarizing figure. And at the time, I absolutely hated the movie. But, uh, but even then, but even though I'm a little bit more positive on it now, I'm not like super glowing about it. It's more like a, a six out of 10 instead of like a two out of 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, I mean, come on. It's Steven which Silver. I'll, which come I'll on. still gladly take yeah but. and plus it's it you, i'm really excited because shorty's gonna come back and yeah I'm, they brought it yeah, oh they are bringing him back they're bringing yeah. back shorty okay. and another guy too um i forget his name too the older guy from like one of the earlier films yeah uh, uh it was in temple not temple yeah it was a little bit of temple of doom and then he was in uh the last of the crusades with him because uh, it was him sean connery and i forget uh not oliver um not Oliver Platt, but I forget his name. He's a good actor, though. Uh, he l- reminds me of Oliver Platt, though. Yeah, I know who you're referencing to. Yeah, um, so uh, I'll probably just pull through these last two real quick. I did not catch the one for Cocaine Bear. Did anyone hear? I did. And it, the fact that it's based on a true story, that's just hilarious. <laughs> I think the title says it all, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. The bear did cocaine. <laughs> all right. The next one, these are all guilty pleasures for me. The next Fast and Furious movie titled Fast X, because it's the 10th film in the series, minus a, a Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. Uh, I mean, it's hitting all the same beats and notes as other Fast films there, you know, all the trademark action i like that style i don't know about you guys i'm i'm very i I wouldn't be surprised that when i saw jason momoa in there i'm like i wouldn't be surprised if they asked him to be in there because it's jason momoa and uh what was it uh yeah show john cena yeah jason statham yeah and charlize there and god i love yeah she's great as cypher in those last two films fast Fast and furious ended with paul walker 
that's, that's true. You know, I, yeah. that is they, a they, that they, is a fair sh- perspective. They should have yeah. just they should just ended the franchise with that and then just started a, a new brand of a, a different show. Well, they, they, they could have, but I think I, they could have even asked his twin brother to do it. But yeah. I don't think he wanted to out of respect for his brother. So well, they did officially say that the film's going to end after the eleventh one. They said it's done. Yeah, right. Well, that's yeah, what they like said. Brady that's coming what, out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, I'll retire. <laughs> yeah. in a who knows? Year. I'm guessing there will probably be spinoffs or reboots down the line. We shall see. Uh, oh, I, all right, just a couple left here. Strays, I did not. That's one of the few I didn't catch. Did you? Strays, I did. I think that's an independent film, actually. So that's probably why we didn't catch it. So. All right, Scream Six. I did yeah. see the preview for this. Yep. I'm re- like the the worst thing that they could ever do is like you're trying to escape a killer in probably one of the most dangerous written cities in America, in New York. Did you really think moving to New York was probably the safest bet for you? Come on. <laughs> just being around like what 10, 12 million people. That's safe like, bet. Safe like, bet. Like, like, literally, you're in a city of a billion people, and you you think you're going to escape a killer? Like, you don't have any bad people living in New York? Come yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, for the Scream movies, I like Scream 5. It was just like a it was like guilty pleasure slasher flick. Let's mm. see how creative they get with, with, with you know, just hitting those same notes that the cre- the cre- or not cre- uh, the Scream films are known for. Just the, they said this cre- one's going to get gorier, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, this one's going to hit a lot of personal notes, which Ooh. I'm excited so for. So they're... they're I guess part of the pun, going for some deep cuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, next up, Creed 3. Oh, I'm ready. Yes. I, this one's going to involve someone from his past, and he's going to have to, like, have all, like, no pulling punches. He's going to fight his way out of this one. Yeah. So it I'm looks, excited. And this is, I think we mentioned it on a previous show, too, that Michael B. Jordan is actually directing this movie, yes. his directing debut. Yes. And the preview kind of reminded me of, like, they're trying to do a take of their version of Rocky Five, but done way better. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to get more personal because, I mean, Jonathan Majors, dude, that guy just got just jacked for this role. And, I mean, even though he had it, like, uh, in, in many other ones, like, uh he he had gotten jacked from uh, Ant Man the Wasp uh, to this movie too, but man, like he's just on a roll this year, man. Like this one, and then the air, uh, the World War Two one that he did not too long ago, and now this one. I'm like, dude, you just yeah. keep going. See, the, I, I thought it was going to be more like Rocky Three, where he's going to be basically. Mr. T. Yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought Creed, the fool. Creed 2 seemed like, seemed like it combined the plot lines of Rocky 2, 3, and 4. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah a little bit too. They originally wanted it to be. It seemed, just it just seemed like a little too ones. overstuffed. I mean, I liked it still, but it just seemed a little bit too. Like they didn't have time to let the, the plot breathe. They had to march to the next beat, to the next beat. And while, just a big part of me felt like they had to. Uh, they 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 needed to separate this out in more movies, but so I'm interested to see where they go with this. Stall- Stallone won't be in this one though, because he died yeah. he died in two, didn't he? Yeah, he died in two, so he won't okay. be in his his influence will be in there, but he he won't be in there, which is sad because uh, I wish he was. All right, next up, this one kind of caught me out of nowhere. First time I heard about this, uh, I saw the trailer for Air, which is a bot not a bot or kind of like a biopic based on a true story movie on the making of the Air Jordan shoes with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. <laughs> and, That's uh, funny. Yeah, yeah, it sounds silly as heck. How the hell are they going to make a movie based on the making of, you know, yes, true, one of the most iconic sports shoes in the world, but the preview looked legitimately entertaining and exciting. I am stoked for this. That's funny. Did, you, did either of you see this one? I didn't. 
this yeah. one, yeah, this one, they are doing a lot of independent movies. So, like, these ones even, too, like, they always do these where they, they show it on certain areas. Like you said, when, because we didn't see any of these, like, strays yeah. in this one. We it was all listed in that article, so I'm thinking maybe it could be based on different regions saw it, maybe, or, or maybe if they saw it on, like, maybe instead of on Fox TV, the Fox app, maybe mm-hmm. they got exclusive ones, or maybe they just ran out of time and didn't have time to work these in. But uh, and then finally, I didn't see this one. Family Stallone. Did you? Is it? In, oh is yeah. On radar, Victor. Yeah, they had. To, uh, now I know uh, Stallone had talked about uh, doing a reality show with his family because he has a lot of. He has all. I think it's supposed to be what Paramount Plus. Yeah. So it was him, his wife, and all his daughters, and they were gonna chronicle his life throughout. You know, from Rocky and then out. And from what I've seen, his daughters are hot. He has a lot of beautiful daughters, <laughs> and, and, and his wife. I mean, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, man. His his wife's a very pretty woman. So, man, good luck on him. Good on him. And he got an Oscar, so good for him. <laughs> All right, so that's our Super Bowl movie cinema preview, kind of like a mini like year in preview for for the movies for twenty twenty three. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm excited for all these. Like these ones are gonna get. Ray Ray reviews, man, and that's gonna be awesome. Speaking of what, ex- what, what I think is awesome about this is that. Pretty much, except for maybe one of these, all of these look like awesome movies. Yeah. I mean, we had kind of a null there for a while. Yeah. And now we, we got we got the, all these getting hammered out. That's that's pretty awesome. I yeah. mean, guy, I always love independent films, always will. But I think, yeah, I think we need this boost. It's of, nice to have that mix of you know the independent movies and then like the big budget Hollywood blockbusters. You know, as the cliche goes, one for you, one for me. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> Well, Victor, you mentioned uh, rave reviews and excited, so I am very excited to hear your potentially rave or rant of a review for Cabin, Knock on the Cabin. So I know I kind of gave a just a general review last week. I kind of, some minor plot uh, details, but I kept it pretty vague. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, and now it's been, a movie's been out for almost two weeks, mm-hmm. so we'll probably got we'll more in the plot details here, mm-hmm. more major things to expound on. What, what was your What, what was your take? Um, my take was not only was this a beautifully made film, I mean, the cinematography and the camera work that I, I always love what M. Night Shyamalan does with the camera work. He, he makes you see one thing over here, but then he makes you follow this part over here. And the way he did the camera work in this was so beautiful. Yeah, I made done. sure to emphasize that last week with like uh, deliberate cuts yeah. of characters that were partially out of frame and yeah. just... Did, was it just me, or did that like add to the suspense to the movie with four very impactful scenes? Yeah, and I and I love the fact that because he did the he did what Sergio Leone did in westerns. He he did the close up uh, on on the actors, and I swear, like even when you see like this little girl having a conversation with Dave Bautista, you can see not only just their emotions in in just the close up, but the fact that they're really like you can see that they're really getting into it. And I thought, man, like Dave Bautista, man. What a what an actor yeah. he is! Like he, man, he definitely killed it in this performance. Oh, absolutely! And he he pulled no punches, so, literally. So, what do you think? How fast they got into the action here? Just a heat of the home invasion happening within within minutes here of the film starting. I I thought that they were gonna like go pace it out a little. Yeah, like I was they're gonna pace it a little bit, but no, they just immediately started from not even start to finish. They just immediately went into it with like full force. They just said knock on the door, and they tried to say if. You don't let us in, man. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. And they—that's what they did. They broke them their way in, and they were—and they weren't like mean about it. I love how they were just like they broke in the house, 
and then they cleaned up their yeah. stuff afterwards. They're cleaning up their mess as they're, they they actually one person mopping the floor, cleaning up glass shards from busting open the windows, and yeah. So so I, I kind of I'll go a little bit more into plot details here. So just a heads up on some spoilers. I won't go all the way on them, but so the main idea here behind but. Batista's or Leonard as his character's name in the mm. film, why they're invading is they chose this family of three that one of them has to sacrifice yeah. themselves in order to save the world. Mm. So that's a big M. Night Shyamalan uh, twist, that if one of them doesn't kill one, one family member, that the world will end, and to prove it every periodically throughout the time they're keeping them captive, one of the four people of uh, Batista's cult or group, whatever they want to refer to them mm. as, uh, they will kill themselves and every time they kill off one of themselves they will unleash a plague upon yeah. the world so how did you take that x factor the way they're uh all right they're obviously they're bluffing mm. or then they're trying to show proof on news conveniently uh time news uh, casts of oh here's a plague happening or is this is this staged or what uh how what was your mind thinking when when, when the thing started unraveling more and more when i saw this i was i was a little bit i was gonna be like you know um one of the one of the captors i was like you know what this is kind of just I don't understand it. Like, this is just not for real. But then when they had said, like, literally, they turned on the TV and exactly what they said was going to happen, happened. Like, literally, planes were falling from the sky, uh, buildings, like, even people were being drowned in floods, and uh, people on the beach were, like, literally hit with a huge tsunami. And they what they said came true, like, the visions they were talking about. And this dude, Father Andrew, he was just, like, say, this is not real. You guys are just, you know, mentally insane. But everything he talked about, everything that woman said on the television was one million percent true. And he, even he didn't want to say, I didn't want to believe it. He's like, I immediately thought when Dave Batista's like, you say you don't believe it, but I know you want to believe it. And, and you could just see that look on his yeah. face. That was, that was a cool dynamic where they showed the family kind of gradually like, no, no, this is coincidence. This mm. is, they're just, they got these, this stuff piped into the TV feed. This can't be happening. And just watching him gradually come around throughout the movie until the big final, I don't want to give the final, final scenes away, but uh, you know, the ultimate payoff mm. to, you know, do they go through with it? Do they not go through with it? And then when they do, they, or don't they find out what really happened? Mm. I, I thought it was a satisfying payoff. I thought it worked for me how about for you oh i loved it and and i loved what uh one of the nurses in the movie what she had said to uh, to him when she was fixing him up after they hit him in the head uh gave him a concussion she said you need to believe in something other than yourself and i love what she said why she said that just because i think i think it is true you need to believe in something like bigger than yourself because this is bigger than you this is bigger than me this is bigger than pretty much everything we thought we knew is in this other thing it's just like what uh venom told eddie when he's like there are millions of billions literally billions of plants around like the sun and being the symbiote that i am i've traveled millions and billions of years just to be here and he's like no way and if i showed you just a little bit of what you think you know your mind would literally implode like you wouldn't be able to even handle it everything like you remember in uh guardians of the galaxy 2 when his father showed him everything and oh, he's right. like it was so beautiful man like, it was like a big epiphany exactly his true nature yeah it would literally scare the shit out of people <laughs> it literally would so, so safe to say high recommendation oh absolutely and you know, the, once you see the movie and even at the end, you'll be like, huh, 
you know? And then I wanted to read the book after that because I was like, you know, they said the book, the book ending was really lame, but then this movie really... They had to switch it. some things up for the theatrical there, yeah, but they, for the better. Yeah, and they, they really ended on a beautiful note. Like, it wasn't like just a cheesy note. It was a beautiful note, and everyone got what they wanted, so that's what I loved about it. All right. Well, there you go. That is Knock on the Cabin, still in theaters. All right, Victor, we're going to throw it to you next for your weekly Fill Your Head segment, and the topic for this week I got from you is when people say it's none of your business, but you're too... Too involved. Yeah, I always thought it was funny. I remember seeing a crime. Um, this these two guys, they they were uh, doing. Uh, speaking of home invasions, these two guys they did a home invasion. Now, when they did a home invasion, they it was a very nice house. You know, it was a family of three. It was you know father, mother, and of course their two sons. And actually, no, you're talking a, about a different. Altogether, different home invasion now. Pretty much, and it's and it was weird because they when people say it's none of your business, like uh, say if you uh, like had a friend and of course they told you something and then you you talk about it with them and they're like, oh, I don't want to. Why are you talking to me about this? This is none of your business. Um, that's a little bit too too late, too little too late because see the fact that you're talking to me about this, the fact that you're doing something is already I am already involved like it's already too late we're talking about it now it's the same thing with the home invasion like I'm just bringing up you, now you want to know what I say it's what <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, making it my business making it yeah, my business I actually <laughs> thought you would say that. <laughs> I knew <laughs> I made it my business now <laughs> but no I just think it's funny how people like say they don't want it to be a bit it's like committing a crime you can't just commit a crime and then you're like the bunch of people that committed the crime and then this person over here is like well I'm not involved like I just got here it doesn't matter the fact that if a policeman shows up and he arrests all of them and maybe you're not involved in it and you didn't do anything the fact that you're standing there with everybody else he's like well, since you didn't do anything, but you're still here, I gotta, I gotta bring oh, you downtown. You're the scene, the crime. Too. You know, you gotta. Yeah, I gotta bring you gotta, downtown too, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, like, they they gotta follow their you know routine procedures. Yeah, so. and it's it, and I just think it's silly. I always thought it was funny how people say because even when I was young, I did the same thing. Like my friend would always do s- stupid stuff, and then of course when I didn't do it with him, but I'm like, of course I had to get him out of trouble. I of course was in trouble and. I remember what my dad said always, just because you didn't do anything doesn't mean you're not really involved because you really are. Ned. So like Paul said, you it may not be any of your business, but now he's making it your business now. So There you go. Nice and short and sweet this week. Pretty much. It's, it is what it is, as they say. Even though it's kind of a cliche-ish saying, it's still... I still say it's still good. It has a point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Victor, I think I'm going to switch things up for a little bit in the format here. Uh, give you a little breather here. Uh, we'll hit up your next film you're going to review here next here. As, and then I'll jump in here. I, I'm just going to keep this a little quicker since this is a, uh, a sports theme. I'll probably talk about it a little bit more on the sports show on GFBS tomorrow. But uh, Netflix last week released a two-part Bill Russell documentary titled Bill Russell Legend. Hmm. So two-parter, each part's about an hour and a half. I think the second part's actually a little longer, but I only watched the first part, so that's why I'm keeping it short this mm. week, too. But uh, yeah, so Bill Russell, for for the unaware, uh, NBA legend. So uh, a lot of people, th- for NBA legends, the first two people they think of are 
LeBron James and Michael Jordan oh, and, and Magic and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and '92 Dream Team. Yeah, uh, so many names. But you know, since he's an older player, kind of like first gen NBA player Bill Russell, he kind of gets lost in time mm. since it's getting more. The years are moving on and the decades are moving on. But you know, last year Bill Russell passed away. Mm. Uh, so he's so Netflix made. I think this was in the works for a while. A two part documentary that released uh, just last week. And it features, it's just, yeah, it's documentary on the life and career of Bill Russell. Mm. And it features a ton of interviews from new interviews and kind of personal archives from past interviews with Bill Russell's and excerpts from his autobiography that released in the 70s. And, uh, yeah, they, I thought they did a really good job on this. Uh, the, it, it, there's a big focus on how he broke into the league and just his battle against racism and being welcomed into the Boston suburb of Reading. They really go into detail on that. Uh, and just him kind of proving to be, you know, you go about a lot of times, they, you always hear the, the debate on which is better, Jordan or LeBron, you know, but a lot of people go by the number of rings, mm. you know, six for Jordan. Right now, LeBron's at four. Uh, Bill Russell is such a legend and so dominant as he had 11 rings. Mm. I, I remember hearing that over the years too, but uh, it, it's been forever. You don't see that much footage of him over the years since he played in the 50s and 60s, mm. late 50s to like late 60s, maybe 1970. But in like his like 13, 14-year career, he won 11 NBA championships. And the part one ends off kind of in like, I think after he won his fifth, his fifth or sixth championship in like the, about the mid-60s. Okay. So, but yeah, some of the people they interviewed in this that uh, they have, like I mentioned, they have archived interviews with uh, Bill Russell, but they also interview uh, players from all eras and even old teammates they dug up archive interviews or even or new interviews with like bob Cousy, his old coach uh, uh other nba legends over the years like bill walton larry bird uh dikembe Mutombo, jerry west uh kareem abdul jabbar uh seth curry Shaq, and another big focus on this first part of the documentary was his rivalry with wilt chamberlain mm. and just the way that that dominates a huge part of this first part of the bill russell documentary and i always remember reading uh i read bill simmons book the book of basketball is it's a little bit of an older book now it came out i want to say like oh five oh six but that he was he's from boston so he really documented the wilt and russell rivalry there but actually seeing footage of it in this documentary and bill bill russell was a towering figure like six nine six ten but wilt chamberlain was like seven two just super dominant. Uh, people who watch Fork Sports Highway probably heard the host Monty there talk about how Wilt Chamberlain achieved way back in the 60s still the unobtainable record that no one has come close to uh, matching, the 100-point game. Yeah. And so just and they, they talked about every time that Wilt and Russell matched up that it was sellout crowds all over because mm-hmm. just seeing those two go at it, they had one of the most uh, just public rivalries in all of sports. So I, the, I know I, he talked about, yeah, I know Will Chamberlain talked to him, uh, talked to about him a lot. And he always kind of, you know, I think he had a lot of respect for him. But of course, in that, when you're young, you're like, yeah, I want this guy to be my rival. So. And as, I mean, as much as I try to focus on sports, there's, I, I'm not an expert. I learned a lot of new things from this. Like just like even just like little things. Like uh, for Wilt Chamberlain, I had no idea that his first year playing uh, basketball after college was he was a Harlem Globetrotter. I'm yeah. like, oh wow, okay, wow. That's and then they talk about how they tried to approach Bill Russell become one too, but he's like, no, I'm above that. <laughs> and, uh, but Wilt Chamberlain was like, well, they gave me a hundred thousand dollars for a year, and in the '60s for 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 him, he considered that a lot of money. So I do not blame him for for taking the money on that one. But yeah, a lot, lot of, lot of uh, good, good, 
just a lot of good info to take away on this. And the way it was packaged together was very well done. And can't wait to dive into the second part. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's universal, both critics and uh, audience, 100%. So mm-hmm. I was surprised by that. So, yeah, make sure to check it out. Bill Russell Legend streaming on Netflix. All right, Victor. Now I'll throw it to you here. Um, puss in boots, or is, is I always get, I always screw. Is it puss or puss? <laughs> it's pu- it's puss. It's okay. puss. And the funny thing about this movie, I, you know, and I've seen a lot of animated. It's a pussy cat. Pussy yeah, cat. Yeah, pussy cat. I, I still. It's one of those ones that just always just yeah. I fail routinely oh, on. Believe me, it's, it's not a pussy cat. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'll give myself a fail. I'm leaving myself a fail. (laughs) Double fail. (laughs) All right. Puss Puss in Boots. This this was the sequel. The Last Wish. This truly was a great movie. Like, and and people need to see this just because of the themes and just the people in it. Like, and and the voice cast and it was so beautifully done. I mean, my gosh! Like, everyone did so good in this movie, and I I thought it was it was funny because immediately when I saw it, I thought there had been a lot of animated fails throughout the year just because they were from independent like animation studios and a lot but I knew DreamWorks would come up with something very beautifully done and like I said the voice cast was very very well done you got Joan Crawford you got Selma Hayek and Ontario Banderas and you got Florence Pugh um, and Florence Pugh I love her in anything she does because I mean Minsomner and of course you know uh the very controversial, uh, don't worry, darling. But uh, but I love I, I love just the fact that Ontario Banderas and Selma Hayek got to work together again. Ever since they collaborate, their huge collaboration with Robert Rodriguez many years ago in Desperado, um, and I th- I love that the fact that they got to work in this film again with each other because it's a beautiful story just about going on your own path and how much wishes mean a lot to people and what wishes you can use to get out of something but it's not always going to help you but still i saw that for the main plot for this for this uh second uh, uh puss and boots movie is that he's during to find the mystical last wish for the wishing star by teaming up with kitty and perito to restore the first eight of his nine lives yeah and it was it was hilarious just because um you'll see in the movie that he is encountered by a very villainous wolf that is following him and he just Oh, he's very dangerous. Like I've seen a lot of animated villains, but he he truly is very scary. CG work keeps up that DreamWorks caliber they set with all the previous uh, Shrek movies as well. Oh, it does. It does indeed. And I thought they had done they had done computer gen- uh, generated one uh, like I thought, but no, they did a kind of a two D kind of a little bit, um, which was kind of a little. A little weird, uh, in, but it was, uh, it, but it worked. It worked very good in their favor, and the animation was very beautifully done. And they they don't skip on their animation. They did very beautifully so on this film. So. That actually brings up a point that I was thinking about with, um, you know, watching movies like this in the theater. Uh, I'm sure maybe in bigger cities they have it. I don't know if the River Cinema does, mm. but you know, if you were to get this uh, movie. Uh, streaming after it's out of the theaters mm. and you got an 8K OLED mm. TV. I mean, the picture is just going to be like completely coming out of the screen at oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if the theaters have that 8K ability. Well, some do. It, uh, I know in bigger cities they do. Uh, and that, that requires them to like, because that with the certain cameras they did, because I know when Tarantino did Hateful Eight, he shot it on a 70 millimeter camera and it was 
like the picture was so clear that you could see like stumbles of hair on every actor you could like you can even see the sweat on their brows yeah. that's how clear that picture was yeah i'm just i'm just curious to see what this is going to look like when it's you know hitting a an 8k you know, 80 inch OLED TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just going to pop. Yeah. You're like, like, cause I'm sure Paul, um, you've seen TVs where they're like, they're so crystal clear that literally like, if well, you see a sword like coming at you, like, even, that's how they're coming at you. Even if you don't have a 8k TV, if you have a 4k and just for camera angles that are shot in 8k, like it for Fox football games, mm. they have one 8k camera. That's that close up on the sidelines. And they show players celebrating after a big play. When, and you always know the difference because what it, when they show those close-ups, it just looks freaky real. Like yeah. this is too real. Yeah, and it'll freak you out, which is so cool. But and it, you're not even watching it on an 8K OLED TV. Yeah, you're just watching it on a 4K. But it helps improve the footage for the 4K version yeah. too. But imagine how better it would look on a 8K TV. Yeah. So yeah, because I know my friend Paul has one, and we saw like uh, we saw Animal Planet and like the original one. Uh, back in the day and my gosh dude the picture it was, it's just like animals are literally flying and coming at you with such full force and i'm like dang dude this is i i thought this was like a scam or something but no these these guys did tv it's, right? like, it's like the the it's like it's in the wall like yeah. like 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 it's not like a screen. It's yeah. like it, it it goes beyond the wall. Mm, yeah, and yeah, it's literally it's weird. In there. It's so weird. <laughs> so, I saw this did uh, Puss in Boots. The Last Wish did really good in theaters. It came out in December. Already grossed over four hundred million off a production budget of ninety million. I saw I did a little digging in the background. Took over ten years for this to come out. I yeah. saw all the highs and lows of the tumultuous uh, uh, development history to get this uh, stopped and restarted. Yeah, it's such a crazy story. But sounds like safe to say high recommendation. Oh, absolutely. And like Paul said, if you, it comes out of theaters and you see it on whether 8K or even 4K, whatever, you you will enjoy it. Your kids will enjoy it and, and the adults will too. I know some adults were kind of like, because it's a kid's movie, it was just for the kids, but it's truly a beautiful movie. Good and, for all ages. Oh, absolutely. And they did a great job. So good on them. I see critic aggregate score, 95% audience, 94%. So sounds like a safe bet. Yeah, it is. It's really good. So. Go All right. See it. What else is also a safe bet is the goodies from our friends at O for Heaven's Cakes, where there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods, and that's where O for Heaven's Cakes comes in. They have the best cupcakes for special occasions or just a treat. I know I made my weekly stop in there earlier today. I picked up a dirt pudding cupcake where they got a gummy worm with grounded uh, chocolate bits and chocolate pudding. It's just fantastic. Cannot recommend it enough. They also specialize in lunch for lunch items with soup with keto, gluten-free, and vegan diabetic options. And if you're a business owner and want to treat your employees, make sure to check out their monthly employee discounts. So O for Heaven's Cakes, they're located on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4 and on Saturdays from 9 to noon. You can call them up, 701-757-2253 or email oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's O for Heavens Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. And if you're looking for a cake job, well, O for Heavens is hiring too. Make sure to stop in there and check out their opportunities they have available. All right. So next up, we are going to uh, give a quick shout out here to, I believe, Victor. I think we're due up here for your action figure showcase. I know last week you 
you gave us the nice big uh, hard sell that you had the ultimate figure you're you're expecting to bring in and show us to this week. But I think you messaged me earlier today that it may be one more week in the making. Yes, it, I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I know I, I'm always excited to do figure reviews, right? I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just I kidding. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I actually, I, I dig it. I think you said you had an alternate though. Yeah, th- this one for for right now. Um, one of well, one of them I'm gonna at least hold out a little bit just for today be just because i know the one is in march 3rd so i i thought i i did want to bring it today but then i'm like i i want to hold out just a little longer and i know you guys are not going to be happy with me but like i said once you guys see it, it's going to come out march 3rd which isn't really that long and february is really going just by. another couple weeks yeah it is going by really 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 quick and a lot of things are coming really fast so if you guys can hold out just one week here i promise you it's gonna be worth it so what do you have in store for us this week so for this week i did i didn't like i said i'm keeping it a little bit under wraps just because i know it was a batman figure and i know you've seen it before but um there was just one one i thought i could bring in but i was like could i was like i don't know should i bring it in should i not just to keep the, you guys get a little bit guessing so i was like i'm gonna not save bring it, it for in. another week yeah just right. just to keep Fair. you guys just to keep you guys guessing because i like I said, it's one more week, you guys. I promise you, just everywhere's going. We'll keep really the drum fast. going for that week. Yeah, we'll keep that drum roll going for a week. February's going to go by really quick, and you won't even see it coming. So. All right. Well, I am curious. I can't wait to see what you have in store for us, man. All right. So next up here, well, there's a bunch. I missed out on some theatrical releases last week, and I got some for this week and a couple of streaming releases also. So a little larger than usual, noteworthy theatrical and streaming new releases section than usual this week so uh the first one we already covered here earlier in the show bill russell legend that was streaming documentary on netflix two-part documentary total about three hours and that's on netflix you can find right now about the life and career of hall of famer bill russell next up here is uh this is, uh, I think I got uh, three of these. I'm just going to rush through these next three real quick. Since Valentine's Day was yesterday, a couple of the noteworthy new releases I saw. The streaming services are doing like their big marquee rom-com. So I'm just saying these three real quick for people looking for a feel-good seasonal rom-com with their significant other. Here you go. On Netflix, they got Your Place or Mine, a Reese Witherspoon-led rom-com. On Paramount Plus, they have At Midnight which is led by Monica Barbaro and Diego Bonata about big-time movie stars falling for each other. And then on Amazon Prime Video, they have Somebody I Used to Know, and that stars Allison Brie, which I was a big fan of hers in uh, that uh, Netflix wrestling series. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. Glow, that. Yes. She is awesome in that. And also stars Jay Ellis about former exes running into each other many years down the road. So there you go. Three rom-coms for people looking for one for their significant other this time of the year. And I love Reese Witherspoon. Spoon and um, you know yes. I'm really glad she's Same. coming back to that yeah coming back to that like rom com genre and I really hope that she because I know she does really good in that genre. Hey everyone, hey there's a market for those. So yes. and you know I, I talk to you know not know many couples you know they kind of do the one for you one for me give mm. me my big budget action blockbuster I'll give you your rom com mm. and I've seen that go both ways for both both either the guy or the girl or what have you in the relationship. So so there's some options for you. So next up Victor this. I'm falling behind on this Disney Plus Marvel Studios stuff coming out. I think I know these one uh, on Weird Cinema coming up this week. Uh, we're covering Thor, and I was kind of going through the Marvel section on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and I saw some of these that kind of went over my head I wasn't familiar with. Hopefully you can fill me in on these. Marvel Studios Legends, Ant-Man, 
Then we also have Marvel Studios Legends Hank and Janet, and then Marvel Studios Legends Wasp. Am I under the impression that these are all like shorts? Is that right? Or are you familiar with these? Yeah, so most of them are going to be shorts, which I thought, okay, so they did this for Groot as well. So they did like these short little... um, kind of like short little like little live movie. action side stories like five to ten minutes or so i don't even want to say yeah i, I want to say movies but yeah it's more like little you know live action kind of shorts that about the characters you'll see in the movies as well as in the shows so like ant-man and it touches on hank and shannon when they were i believe when they were very younger um in their time and then of course the wasp when it touches on her story just from what I, the little bit I dug into these, it kind of reminded me of how those earlier, like Phase One and Phase Two Marvel films on on Blu-ray and DVD, they would include like a bonus short film, like a little five to ten minute side story before mm. or after the movie. Would you say these are kind of like on track with those? Kind of like those. It's kind of like what DC does with uh, their kind of DC showcase kind of things. Uh, so they're on d- uh, direct to DVD uh, animated uh, shorts that they have done before, like they did the Phantom Strange. Well, they did the spec uh, the Spectre. They did. I thought they did Phantom Stranger, at least not yet, but they will. Um, but they did kind of like those, you know, showed characters that you wouldn't see usually in movies, but you would see hopefully in like reading comic books and such. So this is touching basically like this one, like the Ant-Man touching on his story, uh, more on the original Ant-Man instead of you know the new Ant-Man that you do. Or uh, you'd see Hank and Jan- uh, Janet, so touching on their relationship, which I thought was really good because we kind of wanted to talk. I wanted to hear their kind of thoughts on their origins and more talking about their past. Would you say these shorts are worth checking out on Disney Plus? I know they got yeah. a bunch of them, so yeah. Yeah, because they did they they wanted to do that for Black Panther too and I know they wanted to do it for many other Marvel characters, but I would totally say, yeah, totally check it out. I want to give a shout out to see Bill Deutsch is in the chat, one of the Fork Sports Highway hosts. He says he went to see Otto yesterday, a man called Otto and Victor, I think you reviewed that last week or yeah. two weeks back, right? You're yeah. pretty high on it, I remember, right? Yeah, I love Tom Hanks, so I, I'm glad everyone went to I'm glad he went to go see it, so it's really good. Heck yeah, Bill, we got to get you back on here. It was a blast having you on here talking about uh, Better Call Saul. So next time you see a movie or TV show, you you know you always got an open invite to come on and talk about it. All right, next up, Marlo, a film that released in theaters today, a rare Wednesday release. Every now and again, we get these in theaters, the mm-hmm. occasional Wednesday release. And this is a I'm a I'm a big fan of Liam Neeson, and this Same. is a lead. He's the lead in, uh, in this noir crime thriller set in the late 1930s Los Angeles, uh, around a streetwise down on his luck detective who is involved in a dangerous, deadly investigation where everyone involved has something to hide. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad that they're doing more like neo noir genres. I really want them to keep doing those. <laughs> Next up, we have Consecration, and this is another one that caught my eyes. This hit last weekend that I missed, and it has Gina Malone playing a grieving sibling after the suspicious death of her brother, who was a priest, and this leads to her going to the Mount Savior convent in Scotland to do her own sleuthing to find out what really happened when she really uncovers a whole spider web of deceit and lies and new mysteries. So this has kind of got on my radar after digging into it. Another crime uh, mystery. I love I love mystery films. Same. All right, this one, uh, Victor, I think you said you'll have some quick takes for this one next here. Uh, It was released last weekend in theaters. She came from the woods, Mm -hmm. and it's set in 1987 around a group of counselors who accidentally unleash a decades-old evil on the last night of summer camp and decide to reveal past mysteries and secrets amidst the chaos, starring Cara Buono, Claire Foley, and Spencer List. So you'll have some something for us on that here in the quick takes yeah it's hey you, you'll love it it's a good independent movie 
All right, next up, another one that I missed that hit theaters last weekend, Fear. It's a psychological horror film where a group of friends gather for a much-needed weekend getaway at a remote and historic hotel, but soon terror strikes as each guest faces their own worst fear, and it's starring Joseph Sikora, Ruby Modine, Ido Goldberg. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I pronounce one of those wrong? No, I, I thought Fear was the movie where Mark Wahlberg finger-banged a chick on a Ferris wheel. Yes, that, that, you're referring to the one with him and <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. That was when they were very young. <laughs> no, that, that Just was, coincidentally, same name, but many years ago. Yeah, this is a different one. It's not, it's not where Mark Wahlberg, literally, he's a very scary man in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I'm completely blanking on that film. Holy he's crap. He's a very scary man. Yeah, it came out early, not, early 90s. Yeah, very, yeah, that was very wow. early 90s. Early yeah. Because that was that must have been like well before Boogie Nights then. Oh, well, actually, no. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that it was. was yeah. Wait a minute, yeah, that was actually yeah before he had done yeah because he that was, was one just, of his first movies. Yeah, because he was just he was just getting started because well the first movie he did was Renaissance Man with uh, Danny DeVito and then and then Boogie Nights came after and then of course Fear and then such and I'm like yeah so those were those were when he was really young. So. Then finally the big release in theaters this Friday and I'll, I know I think we're we're going to catch it this weekend here uh, Ant Man and the Wasp in yeah. Quantum Mania, the latest MCU film where Ant-Man and the Wasp find themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures and embarking on an adventure that pushes them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Yeah. Big Ant-Man and the Wasp fan, Victor? Always have been. And plus, i he's probably the only superhero who's had so many identities. It's like, wow. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how any other superhero's had many identities. I mean, Giant Man, Goliath, uh, pretty much uh, the Wasp. He's even been the Wasp himself. So, I mean, Yellow Jacket. So, I mean, he's had a lot of aliases. <laughs> All right, so yeah, ton of stuff coming up here. So, and and the place where you can go check out uh, some of these theatrical releases we were, we just ran down is at our friends at the River Cinema Fifteen and the Shire Bar and Grill, where we want you to make them your next dinner and a movie destination. Both places are located in the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Now you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia laden restaurant, the Shire, or take your meal to go to the movie you're attending. Some of this week's featured movies, well, you heard us just run down a few of them: Ant Man and the Wasp and Quantum Mania. Opening well tomorrow night for the early sneak preview showings, Magic Mike's Last Dance, Devil's Peak, Marlowe, Consecration. You can check out the full listings at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget, Tuesday is $5 movies all day long and the 550 senior matinee specials on Wednesday and Thursday. Now, the River Cinema 15 has multiple theaters with luxury recliners. You can see in the footage behind me and expanding concessions that now serve adult beverages, and it's family-owned and operated by the same company that operates the Grand Theater in Crookston. And for their showtimes, you can check out morefamilytheaters.com. All right, a couple quick plugs for some other shows going on GFBS this week that we highly recommend you check out on... uh, Earlier today, we kind of re-aired. I went over to the Arts for Vets gallery exhibit. They had a special red exhibit going on. Saw a ton of fantastic, colorful artwork they had showcased. That's going to be uh, going on through the end of March. I did about six or seven interviews. We compiled them together, put them out earlier today for the Wednesday interview. You can check that out. And coming up tomorrow on Dirty Thursday, 
uh, I think they're doing the uh, Racer Wise ser- series. So make sure to check that out. It'll be Kayla Swangler and Sam Omdahl on the show. And then, as I alluded to earlier also on the show, Iki Ichabod will be taking his first dive into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with his review of Thor. Yeah. So, yeah, can't miss episode of Iki Ichabod this Friday night. All this and many more shows you can find every week by searching GFBS on your favorite podcast, social media, and streaming audio apps. All right, quick takes. What you guys seen this last week and plan or plan on watching soon we didn't talk about yet. Paul. So, been on a Marvel kick, uh, you know, because, of, you know, we got Ant-Man coming out and everything, but uh black panther uh wakanda oh kind of forever yeah. i mean that that started streaming now so i rewatched that you know i saw it in the theater i wasn't a huge fan i kind of changed my mind a little bit i mm. I, I think that it's actually a pretty solid movie mm. um you know it, it's 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 pretty entertaining and then after that then i started to get into there isn't been really anything for me to watch so um i uh i watched um Oh God, Thor, mm. and then oh yeah, um, what was the one? I'm drawing a blank on the name now. But where, where Captain America goes against Iron Man? Oh, that was oh, Civil War. Yeah, Civil, Civil War. War. Yep. And and I, like Civil War was was pretty legit. And, mm. and I loved and, it. Yeah, Sam. And just so people know, like Captain America beat the crap out of yeah Iron Man. I mean, granted, it was two on one, but he could have killed him. Yeah. And one of my favorite uh, scenes in that is where. Iron Man takes off and he grabs him by the leg. Yeah. And he takes his shield and he busts out his jets. Yeah. So he can't go. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh-huh. I was like, that, that, like, that's really good cinematography. Yeah. yeah. And, and I remember it, loving that battle on that was abandoned air hangar. That yeah. was with, seeing, you know, Ant Man's coming out this weekend, seeing Ant Man just, just, just marching along oversized and just Spider Man debut in the MCU. Does that still hold up? Yeah, and yeah, and he's, yeah, that's the introduction to Spider-Man in there and I mean he's just like way more powerful than yeah. these like other guys and then <laughs> and then Ant-Man it's the first time that he becomes big. Yeah, Giant Man. Yeah, <laughs> was like, so yeah. I was like that that, that movie is, is pretty awesome. Mm. So yeah, I I went through a couple of other ones that I watched too, but uh other than that, something that we haven't touched on yet was the latest season of Last of Us. Ooh. Which the last couple, I mean, I was thinking about turning this show off. Yeah, but, I know it sounds but, like you're on the fence the last couple episodes. But yeah, this last episode, it delivered. Yeah. It, was, it was good. Mm. So, yeah, I think yeah, it's just to kind of keep it mild on spoilers. But we're ready for some action after some of these slower paced episodes, the last couple episodes. And this one, they, they held off long enough. They, they, they had some pretty intense uh, conflicts and action scenes with some of the infected in there. It yeah. kind of reminded me of World, what is it, World War Z? Is yeah. That the one? yeah. Yeah, with Brad Pitt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the, very, the version of Infected they had in the Last of Us uh, series, they, some, some of the creatures they are infected they come up against are the Mad Rush uh, zombies or infected, what have you. Yeah, and I was thinking about, like, you know, just the, the creatures in there, but, you know, it's this fungus. But if you actually look at it, like, they're like plants. Yeah. I mean, the people basically turn into, like, um, little shop of horrors. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's, re- it's it's really like I don't know how the dude because I saw on set when they like had him in the like the full costume, dude, and it took hours in the makeup chair. But dude, he looked so like he looked really gross. But it was cool though because I mean he stood like 
like really tall. He's so taller than the dude who did his makeup. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> Look at him. He's so like fungusy and gross, but he's so cool. Yeah, I thought they did a great job, especially establishing some, uh, some new characters that Joel and Ellie interact with for this episode. You learn their backstory and kind of their whole arc on that episode had it was very well done. Really good actors, too, that played both uh, both uh, this pair of actors that Ellie and Joel encountered throughout most of the episode. So, yeah, yeah, it's got... I, I don't think I was ready to on the fence on it yet, but I think, yeah, I was ready for stuff to pick up, and it definitely... Things got back in business with this episode. So, Last of Us, yeah, four more episodes left for the season. So. Yeah, well, now we'll just see if it's three more episodes of garbage yeah. until we get yeah. another good one. Build up well, to the finale. Well, yeah, I was like Paul. I was almost going to turn it off because I thought, you know, with that whole car commercial thing that they tried to do, was like, uh, okay, how can I not roll my eyes at this? Oh, product placement? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, okay. And then I was... And then and like you said, with this other episode, I was like, they delivered with monsters. So I'm yeah. like, you already got two thumbs up for me. So all right, it is very reminiscent of The Walking Dead, though. No, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they, they, I think they wanted to do that just because that show had been so popular and everyone loves Walking Dead. So I mean, yeah. and zombies, come on. <laughs> all right, uh, any other quick takes for the week, Paul? Uh, no, I, yeah, I haven't really watched too much. All right, Victor. I uh, saw She Came From the Woods, and I really loved it. Uh, I thought it was a beautiful, beautifully made independent film. There was, there was like, no shortage of blood whatsoever. No, from just reading the description from what I, on the previews a little bit ago, it sounded like it was going for that whole Shades of Friday the 13th. It was, and, it, you know, it, talk about the woman in this movie was so freaking scary. Like, you don't even see her face, and then you... It's just covered literally by her hair, kind of like in the ring, but not so much. But like she just was just scary, dude. She was just scary. And the movie was like set in the eighties, so it was it was really like that fun camp setting. Um, you know, the adolescent kind of doing whatever you want to. And like I said, there's no shortage of blood in this movie, which I thought was really really clever. And I I love the it, I love the fact that it did go back to the old like Friday the Thirteenth movies, where it wasn't afraid to just touch on like. The rules of horror, like they talked about in Scream, like you're never supposed to go straight from your group. You're never supposed to have sex on the first day you're there. You're never supposed to do any of this stuff that they broke the rules immediately. Can't break the rules. Oh, yeah, and they immediately broke the rules. And the biggest one is you're never supposed to ever summon a demon, which they broke that rule immediately. Now you're bringing back all memories of Cabin in the Woods for me. Yeah, and then and that's just like that because they broke every single rule you could think of in horror and immediately they just didn't give two flying fucks about it and it was amazing because they, they were touching on every rule you're never supposed to break in horror and they broke them all and they were really gutsy about it so I was like, well, that guy's gonna get and it. And they righteously got their comeuppance. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, they got it in no shortage of like like a second of the movie like literally when that guy you see like go in the woods and then you see silent moment silent moment and then like yeah he was dead (laughs) completely any other quick takes victor like paul i went back uh now on but i went to the darker side of marvel uh of course i went back to blade which i i loved that movie when it for i was never allowed to watch that movie but i remember my dad he had it in his dresser and of course i just (laughs) i was i actually just took it out of his dresser when he was asleep and i went downstairs popped in the vhs and i literally watched that and i was like my god this is so cool because literally my favorite 
favorite scene. That's a great that, story. Oh yeah, one of my Blade fa- was on VHS. That's how old it is now. Yeah, that was that wow. was back. I guess when, it was what ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, that was ninety. That was about ninety seven. Like, yeah, so that was like uh, right when DVD you're started. Aging me, dude. Yes. I don't like it. So, <laughs> it was it was really crazy because my dad he wouldn't allow me to watch it, but I loved Wesley Snipes and I loved Blade. I loved reading comic books because they would let me read the comic books. They would never let me watch the movie, and that's so, credited for kicking off the. I know X Men kind of gets it a lot too, but it was really Blade that yeah. really kicked off the comic book movie boom, the oh, second yeah. wave of it. Oh, he and he kicked it off in such a dark way because if you have all seen the movie, you would know one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when this girl brings uh, this really idiot dude to a meat factory and this guy, literally, he doesn't know what he's about to get himself into and of course the rave that they're at, like blood just starts pouring from the ceiling and he's just like really freaking out and of course these guys kick the crap out of this guy and of course, literally when they see this black boot and then the camera pans up to Wesley Snipes and everyone's just backing off and it's just like he and Wesley Snipes does his smile and then he just pulls out his swords and then shotgun him like this is so cool. It still, yeah, still so holds up. The uh, the guy who was the villain in that, I'm trying I'm drawing a blank on his name. Oh, uh Deacon Frost. Yeah. Uh, well no no the actual actor. Oh the actor, um God, what's his name? Um he's a really good actor too. Yeah. Uh not Deacon Frost, but um, I can look it up here. Yeah, because I know. Well, in, in any case, but so apparently they're making a new Blade movie, mm. and I don't know if it's true or not. Mm. But he was actually in an interview, and he said, "Yeah, this movie's garbage because we already did it right the first time." Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I know he wasn't happy about when the new one because he immediately was just so against it because he's like, if Wesley's not in it, if Christoph, you know, well, Wesley's oh, o- Wesley's overseas. That's true. He, he's <laughs> Stephen Dorff. Yeah, Stephen Dorff. Yes. Stephen Dorff. Yeah. yeah he's he, awesome. He, he always plays a lot of dicks in his movies, but he's so good at playing that, <laughs> that evil bastard. Kind yeah, of he's character. a Johnny Lawrence of the blade universe. He is. And he, man, when he played a vampire in it, he was just, Oh, he was evil. <laughs> he was really bad. <laughs> blade was awesome. Like, yeah. Nobody, second, you can't go bad with Blade. Well, well in the second one, got even more amped yeah, up. Yeah, first two were great. Man, oh my God. <laughs> so for all you youngsters that are out here uh, listening to this show, you need to watch Blade. You yeah. need to watch The Crow. Yeah. You know, yes, you yes. Need to watch The Crow. Big yes. Oh man. And you know, you there, to... there are all these movies that came out in the 90s that you have no idea. Like you're just waiting for the remake, yeah. but you are missing out on so much good. Because these were super, and just to tell you, all you young ones, just like Paul, these were movies that not only kick-started what superhero films you think were going to happen, but these were the ones that not only started it all, but made these guys like, oh, this is what we need to pay attention to this is what we need to make sure that these films are going to be kick-ass yeah comic book movies they didn't they didn't really like not super big successful uh domestic box office anyways but they're they kind of scratched those little itches had those oh, yeah. their cult followings um and they actually had good music yeah, yeah. And, that, <laughs> and that's why the 90s will always be besides the 60s and 70s and 80s they had music that was just like in your face and always like just hammering away, and the soundtracks were just epic. Yeah, My God. But people would buy the soundtracks to movies on CD. Yes. Oh yeah, I, I was that first one. Hey, just I, to tell you, I'll buy one every couple of years. I actually did buy one soundtrack last year. I had the Top Gun Maverick soundtrack because I was so high coming out. Just vibes were running so high coming out of that movie. I'm like, all right, give me that soundtrack. Actually, but I actually got the CD from Amazon. So same, and I you got did it too. Oh, all absolutely. Right. I was I was the same with. 
I did it for Blade. I did it for, of course, The Crow. And I did it for, um, what was it? I did it for Footloose and many other. I even did it for Top Gun as well. Because those, I mean, Kenny Loggins. Come on. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll just go through real quick. My uh, quick takes here, aside from all the stuff we covered here, I watched a couple episodes of Lower Decks. Finally getting back into that on Paramount Plus, the uh, animated Star Trek show where it's based on all the uh, undesirable crew member jobs. And oh, kinda, yeah. And, and it kind of has that Family Guy-style animation, but not really Family Guy-style humor, but a lot of good Star Trek lore and jokes mm-hmm. in there. Just saw a couple episodes. I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to stick with this some more. Really, really am enjoying it. And then Super Bowl last week. We'll be talking about that way more in detail on Fork Sports Highway tomorrow on GFBS. So stay tuned for that. And getting back into some motorsports again now that racing season is back again with some NASCAR and World of Outlaws. And we'll have some coverage of that on tomorrow as well on GFBS. And I want to see, I saw South Park has a new episode up on HBO Max. That's right. So I don't know if it's just like a short TV show or it's more of their mini feature length, hour long mini specials, mini movies. So probably be talking about that next week so well, hopefully they respect his authority <laughs> yes yes so yeah stay tuned next next week uh we'll be probably talking about that south park special on 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 hbo max and then our review of ant-man and the wasp in quantum mania big show next week so with that unless you guys got anything else we'll wrap things no. up all right well many thanks again to today's sponsors at oh Evans cakes southtown poorhouse and River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. We welcome you to join us live for all future episodes every Wednesday at 1 on GFBestSource.com or on our channels on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter. Find past episodes by subscribing to GFBS everywhere you find podcasts. As mentioned earlier, support GFBS by hitting that donate link on top of the GFBestSource.com website or leaving us a five-star review on Google or your go-to podcast app. Many thanks for having us part of your day. And many thanks to Victor. Thank you, guys. Always appreciate being here. Remember, guys, you can only get it on here, so watch. Many thanks to door-busting producer Paul. Applause. Many thanks to all of you again. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.